If you find yourself enjoying the Taillights podcast, do me a big favor. Go on to Apple Podcasts and rate it five stars. I really appreciate it. I want to show all of my hands This song's for you If you had it like me and I was in your shoes I'd probably hit on me too See when you're getting big cash tags All the haters hate that Cause they hate to see you be successful I want to show all of my hands Let's go ahead and move to number seven here. Okay, well, you're going to have to indulge me on this one, Eric, because this one's a little personal and selfish. Uh, I think one of the great things for me, what I, I don't know great, but one of the fun things for me about being a sports writer is meeting famous people, meeting famous athletes. That's that's always been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I got to interview Monte Ginobili. I got to interview Nolan Ryan. Um Remember Dan Cook, the sports writer at the Express News? I got yes, to sir. meet him, and, and I spent about an hour with, with Dan uh, talking with him in his car. And because the building we were in, they were closing down, he said, hey, let's go out to my car and talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out to his car, and I was interviewing him, and he said, let's go finish the interview. And So I was interviewing him, and uh, uh, he, you know, at one point, I, I just put the pen down, and it was just two guys talking. And... And he was just down to earth guy, and you know he was the sportscaster for Channel Five for a long time. Then he was a longtime Express News columnist, and uh, he's the one that had the quote of the decade in the '80s, Dan Cook, where he said, "The opera ain't over till the fat lady sings." That was his quote, <laughs> and it was Time Magazine's quote of the decade in oh, the 1980s. Wow. And yeah. and you and you still hear that quote every once in a while. Yeah. And. I remember I told him, I was talking about that to him, and I said, I said, um, well, it ain't over to the fat lady sings. He says, no, 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 that's not the quote. The quote is the opera ain't over to the fat lady sings. <laughs> well, Dan Cook himself corrected me on that. <laughs> the guy that came up with it. So I can't get it wrong in front of the guy that came up with it. So, yeah. Um, but, meeting, I got, you know, and meeting someone like him, and then, you know, Matt Bonner was in Bernie recently, you know, the former Spur that was, he was in there at the D1 training. He's part owner. And they, you know, we get a call saying that he's going to meet with the media if you want to meet with him. And I ended up being the only media that showed up uh, to meet with him. But, you know, he and I talked, talked about 10 minutes. I got to interview him. And so interviewing guys like that, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, meeting Manu. Manu was in comfort for some stuff. And he was going to be, he was doing this Manu Math Minutes um, uh, competition, and he was encouraging schools in the greater San Antonio area to do these math. He would put math questions online, and he would encourage them to answer them. And there was a competition, and if you turned it in, uh, you know, then he he would keep track. And then at the winter, at the end of the year, the winner was going to get uh, some Spurs tickets and, you know, giveaway stuff. And he was going to make a video appearance, you know, to the classroom where the, that was doing the con- the contest. <clears throat> so uh, what he didn't tell them and what the media told them, Spurs, they contacted us and said, you know, mom is going to be at Comfort Middle School on this day at this time. So, but don't tell 
just going to show up on video. But he was actually there in person. Oh, wow. And so he's in the back waiting. And interesting thing about that, the night before, this person just played in Miami. So he got in, he got flown in to San Antonio past midnight. And then he's out at Comfort in the morning. And I remember seeing him in the parking lot. He had a little convertible. Like, I don't know what kind of car it was, a little convertible. And he's parking and he comes in and the kids don't know. And they're, they're just, and there's some Spurs people up there talking and they're going through some things. And, um, and they said, and ladies, you know, ladies, boys and girls, Manu Ginobili. And he walks in and it was like the Beatles and Elvis and, <laughs> you know, all enrolled into one. Just those kids were, they went nuts. They were jumping up and down, screaming standing on the chair. I, I thought someone were going to faint. I mean, it was that, you know, they were, I'd never seen anything like that. So that was, that was kind of, and I got to talk to him afterwards and he was just, you know, everything you, you hear and you see about him, how nice of a guy he is. And he is, he's just that genuine, nice guy. And uh, so meeting him, Nolan Ryan was at Bernie for some stuff. I got to meet him and he, Nolan was just as, he comes up to people and says, hi, I'm Nolan Ryan. Like, no one knows who he is. He's an <laughs> unassuming guy. Right. And so, you know, just kind of meeting people like that. I remember being at Cowboys training camp when they were down at the Dome a few times. And I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm on the sideline and watching them practice. And I'm probably about 30, 40 feet from where they're practicing. And the thing that stood out is how big they are, but also how fast they are for their size. Yeah, uh, they're big, but they're fast. And, and there's a lot of big guys out there, but not all of them are all, all that fast. <laughs> and that's the thing that stands out when you're that close is the speed. You don't see the speed on TV. And so I'm standing there, and on the sideline, I'm right up there, right against the the white chalk part and at the dome. And some guy comes up to me, and he's just standing right next to me. He's like, you know, a foot away. I'm thinking, well, who's this big old moose that just stood next to me? And I look up, it was uh, Jason Witten, the tight end. You know, he's standing right next to me. And uh, I couldn't believe how big the guy was, first of all. Like I said, TV kind of deceitful uh, how big these guys actually are. But and his legs were like two of mine combined. He's just a big old guy. So, um, yeah, interviewing Jerry Jones, stuff like that, you know, the owner. So, you know, that's kind of, a for me, a personal thing. Uh, not necessarily burning ISD related, but it, that's been something kind of neat for me, um, you know, to interview some of these people like that and talk to them and all that. So that that's been that's been kind of fun for me. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's much more understandable for a lot of our casual listeners that have nothing to do with Bernie. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Number six. Well, we talked about it just a, just a tad a second ago, and it's Geneva High School opening because they opened, I believe, a year uh, a year before Champion opened because I think Champion opened in 08, 09, and I think Geneva opened in 07, 08. And Geneva School of Bernie has become a major player in TAPS. I mean, they won a state championship in football last year. Uh, they've won – I want to say 15 to 18 state championships at the TAPS level. And, um, you know, they've, there's a place, there's, they found their niche in Bernie as, as, the, as the private school there. They've, they've found their niche. They're, they're very good athletically, and they're growing. They moved up uh, a whole other classification. 
community. So they, they've done well there, and they won state championships. And uh, last year, I got to watch them win a state championship in football. And, and as a sports writer, that's kind of one of your dreams is to watch a football team you cover win a state championship. And so I was it a year before when they lost it on this cold, bitter, rainy day in December in Waco. And then I was there the next year when they won it. So that was kind of neat for me was, to see them. Was last year's game a close game? Oh, no, they blew them away. Geneva okay. blew them away. It, uh, they, they, had, they had two or three guys. And I remember talking to Coach Kaiser from Champion. We were talking about them, uh, Geneva. He said, they, had, they have any guys that could play for me? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got two or three guys that, you know, they could play 5A football. They had a defensive end, 220, you know, 6 feet, 220. That, yeah, he could play for you. And I think he's playing D. Uh, D two college somewhere, uh, big linebacker type guy, and he he was the fullback. And uh, when he got near the goal line, they they ran him, and he's two twenty, and he's the linebacker for the other team is about one sixty, and they had a collision. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, it was a fifty pound <laughs> difference, and he just ran over the guy, and it was, and that just kind of broke their their will, and then Geneva ran away with it, and they had a great. Had a great game, and it was it was fun watching the team win a state championship in football. That's like I said, as a sports writer, that's kind of your one of your bucket list things to, to watch a team do that when it when it in football because that's you know that's the sport in high school that gets a lot of the attention and uh, draws a lot of fans and all that. So sure, if you look really at uh, if you look at attendance numbers, there's nothing else like it, no doubt. Um, oh yeah, fans, yeah, the fans that they draw, no doubt. Yeah, um, they're playing full-on 11-man now, correct? Correct. They won a state title in six-man several years ago, and they had one more year in six-man, and they could have just played six-man and won again. They would have won it again because they had everybody back, and they won the state championship in six-man in a blow-away. And they have kind of like almost like in baseball, like a run rule. Or if you're winning, I believe it's about like 35 points or more at the half the game ends. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, they were, that's how they won the state championship in kind of a run rule. They were up 35 at the half or whatever it is. And so they would have done the same thing the next year. But then they said, you know, we don't that we don't want to do that to our kids. That that would be kind of we want to challenge them more. So that one year of six man they had left, they decided to go 11 man, and they played an outlaw schedule that year. And they they played Bernie High JV. They played the Bernie High JV that year. Remember they played that at the stadium, and they ended up beating the, the Bernie High JV. But then, I mean, this was Geneva's varsity, and right. um, and they played about seven eight games that year. And you know they weren't going to go to the playoffs because it was an outlaw schedule. But they felt that was an important step for them to to play eleven man in that one year just to get them ready. So that when in their first year of eligibility, that they could be ready and going, and and they were, you know, and then they've been really good, like I said, and made it to state championship game two years in a row. I mean, I, I kind of worried that I guess at the start of this year that a lot of the public school programs would not get the extracurricular stuff going, and again, I was not, I did not realize, I guess that uh, Bernie Geneva was playing eleven man football already, so they've made a lot of progress since I stopped paying any attention, but. I mean, again, 
I felt like if the public school programs didn't get going because all the COVID restrictions, but the state allowed the private schools and public schools to do as they felt comfortable and the public schools drug their feet, I felt like you're going to see a mass exodus to private schools. <laughs> and, you know, when you tell a story like that, I think it, it further, you know, it kind of shows people in a way that, that, yes, there are communities where you have a very successful private school that is going and it could be a real threat to that whole public school atmosphere. Not, I don't know the threat is the right term, but I guess it's the only yeah, one I that I can think of. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, they, they've definitely carved a, they've carved a niche up for themselves in the Bernie community. Where do we go from here on number five? Number five. Well, we were talking about champion opening in 0809, and I believe in 2012, they won the Lone Star Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and that is that is like a state championship, basically. Right. And and for those that don't know, the UIL keeps standings. So for every sport, you earn points. So if you win a district title, you get two points. For every round in the playoffs, you advance, you you get two more points. And then I think if you win state, you get uh, some sort of some bonus points. And then they keep tabs, and they do it. Uh, for every sport, volleyball, you know, cross country, and team sports a little different, like cross country, the way they do it. But you don't have rounds per se. You have, you know, district, regionals, state finals, in certain sports. But uh, so, <clears throat> so everyone, every team, and then I think band and one act play can also earn points. And so, and, and Bernie's always done well in the Lone Star Cup. But, you know, they've been top five, top ten. But this one year, I believe it was 12, champion won it. And they were the best all around. Uh, I mean, I believe that was 4A at the time. They were the best all around program in the state at that level. Um, and they were in points, and I forgot how many different sports, and even the band got some points that year. And so uh, they, had, they have a banner hanging from the gym, and uh, it. And it's basically a state championship. You're the you're the best all around athletic program in the state. So, right. That's the only one they've ever won. They've come close a few times, but uh, that's been the only one they've ever won. So, uh, that that was pretty special to to win that. Yeah, I mean, you've got UIL academics in that as well. I mean, and you mentioned some of the other things that are you know rolled into that and everything, but. I mean, really, the statement of the UIL Lone Star Cup, I, not that I'm in a position to give their statement, but I believe it is that you're, you've got the best overall extracurricular programs going on in your school of any school your size in the, in the entire state. And yeah, and Bernie was number one that year. Kind of what it, I think, what it entails, and that's what you've, you know, what you've alluded to there and everything. And so, yeah, I'm, that's, that's a great selection. I'm kind of interested to see... Uh, because, you know, there's been a lot of great years, and the fact that 2012 is the year that they are able to accomplish that, and it's the only time, I mean, that's a huge feat from here to number four. Well, we're talking about championships, so i I got to mention all the, the, the state championships that Bernie has won, but particularly cross-country, because they were the first as far as a team. You know, that 58 team uh, basketball, the 90 team in basketball, uh, the coach leads coach and Chris Adamack, who's the coach of champion now, he was on that team. And the Shivers brothers were on that team. And they won silver uh, that one year at 1990 State Tournament.
tournament. Um, those had been the best Bernie ISD teams in history, and they had never won a. They won gold individually in individual events, but nobody had ever won a team. Right. So here comes 03 and 04, and the Greyhound cross country teams win state championships and uh you know that just kind of opened the door i felt i think once you win the first one they just seemed to follow the rest seemed to follow and we were trying to figure out how many it was uh i know cross country won 0304 and then soccer won in there and then baseball won in four and then softball won in five so that's five for the greyhounds uh champion boys won four uh, the first four and four in the first five years in cross country. Right. And then the girls just won. Soccer won one. So that's six that I'm that I'm counting. And then for, you got the, the Chargers. The most recent girls cross country state title that just happened last year, correct? Yeah, yeah. So the four of the boys and then one with the girls, so that's five. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And then and then soccer won it uh one of the years as well. And Dave Rogers uh soccer coach. Uh, coach Fulkerson was the first coach to win it at both schools. He won right. one at Champion and one at Bernie High. And then uh, Coach Rogers won one at Bernie High. And then soccer at, at Champion as well. So hmm. so two coaches have won it at both schools. And there's a few athletes that have won medals at both schools. Not necessarily uh, gold, but they've won medals. At, at one at Bernie High and they won at Champion when, when the school opened. But so... <clears throat> So that's, yeah, somewhere around 11 or 12 state championships. And the first to me was those cross-country teams, you know, coming around in 03, 04 that have won now seven. Well, I, I got to tell you, Kerry, and I, I think I said this to Coach Fulkerson for sure privately, but, you know, the 03 team, we were completely legit. Of course, I graduated in the spring of 04, and so the 04 team does not have um, – there were five of us that ran on the 03 team that were not on that 04 team. And somehow that 04 team just gets unbelievably lucky with guys like Lauren Wilson and David Wilson. And, and, uh, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I just like to run these guys down a little bit so we can laugh about it later. But you know, they, they did. I mean, really, I, I can remember coach Hippenstiel, another one of the people that I've interviewed, he was in shock. I felt like the day of the state meet when it came to um, losing to Bernie because David Wilson really did kind of come out of nowhere. He'd been out ineligible on that 04 team, and he came back. I don't know if he came back at regionals or state, but I remember he came back, and he came back in a really big way. And I believe that uh, he and Danny Velo and Lauren Wilson basically rounded out the top five with David Fuentes and Joel Benavides who the previous year the top five had been those two guys uh, with Jacob Wells in between them and then Evan Tingle uh, and I. Yeah, I don't remember if Evan beat Joel or Joel beat Evan, but they were a second apart or something. And so you you had two of the two of the same in the top five. But I mean, David Wilson truly came out of nowhere and really saved the day in a lot of people's eyes. Of course, Coach Fulkerson had seen him all year working hard and putting up good, you know, efforts and practice and everything. He wasn't that surprised. It was just a matter of getting the student eligible in time. And in many ways, I think it paid off as far as, you know, if you look at the other team, did did they truly give it their all? Do they have any idea there's a beast waiting in the background? I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you know, that 03 team, uh, if I remember correctly from the Hall of Honor, when the 0304 got inducted as one, basically, because there was, you know, a lot of the same kids. Not, not everyone, of course, but uh, they had a lot of the same kids, and then, of course, the same coach. So they, we put them in as one unit, basically, 0304. And um, the 03, you got dominated. I don't think you lost a single race that year. Y'all were the Correct. best team in the state from the first race to the last race. Didn't lose a single race. The 04, that wasn't the case. They lost some races. Um, you know, they didn't, I don't think they won the region. And then, but when it mattered the most is when they ran their best at the state meet. They won. And of course, David Fuentes was, you know, part of that top, top five, I believe, that year. And so, um, so yeah, so they when it mattered, they they had a they had the great race and they won back to back. And so we, that to me, one of those those two championships like that, you know, of course, at the time Bernie was a big four A, right? And and numbers help, numbers help. You need you need sure. numbers to win, and 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 Bernie won it, and um, and that to me opened the door for all those championships that have followed since. It was that O three O four cross country that opened the door for all those other teams. Yeah, I mean, and I will tell you, too, that our group in 03, we spent a lot of time telling those guys like Danny Velo and, and uh, David Wilson that they had no chance of getting out of district the next year. So I know people get on their anti-bullying kicks, but I'm here to tell you that sometimes there can be some really good benefits that come out of that kind of mean, you know, <laughs> discussion among boys that can really help a group say, you know what, we're going to shut you guys up and we're going to go out there and do what you did, whether it's by 40 points or I don't remember how many they won by in 04. But just to, to finish that thought about, you know, Champion has now, I believe, six. Um, I think it's what we decided, the four boys, the one girls, and then the soccer. Mm -hmm. um, and you think of those, those four, the first four at, at, at Champion, they won – the, the first year, and of course that was basically Bernie High moving over, uh, those athletes, they had been at Bernie High, so they won it the first year, and uh, the first they won four out of the first five years they were open, uh, Bernie High, and then one of those, our champion did, excuse me, and then right. one of those years was uh, the national championship, and that was a big deal, they were the best team in the nation, they ran at the Nike Cross Nationals, and they, they beat every other high school team in America yeah. there. So yeah. uh, that ran, and and you know you have to to get there. You have to qualify. So you have to be pretty good just to even make it there. Right. So basically, you you can say they were like ten thousand and oh that year. You know because they beat every high school cross country boys team in the nation. Yeah, and I remember watching them that year at state, and I know I remember you wrote an article about it too. I mean, they scored like thirty points at the state meet that year, won by ninety, I believe. I mean. That group was yeah. just incredible. That I think it was '09, if I'm not mistaken, that won nationals. But they were just unbelievable. And, and the fact that the fact that not only did they have seven guys that were really good, but they had an eighth guy in the mix, Josh Hernandez, who didn't run at nationals, who easily could have been in their top five at any moment. <laughs> yeah, you and know? they were deep, and that's that's what it's about. You know, yeah. having depth, and uh, that that was by far the best team I've covered. Uh, Went in a national championship. That doesn't come along too often at <laughs> the high school level, especially. What fits number three for you? Well, it's along the lines of state championships, and I gotta say it's the Bernie uh, 04 state championship in baseball because 
Justin Rodriguez. I got to throw my boy Justin Rodriguez in there. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> J-Rod, yeah. J-Rod was in there. Yeah. Kevin Rawls. Kevin Rawls, Brandon Rose. Essick. I mean, you had a lot of really good players on that group. Sure. Ray Martinez, uh, you know, you go down the list. I mean, they were they were nine strong, you know. I mean, and their bench was good, too. They were good players as well. But. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, you know, Ray, I think I talked to him when they got in, 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 uh, inducted into the Hall of Honor, and, and, and they were – and he's a coach now, so he's still involved in the sport. And he ended up playing at Shriner, I believe, Ray did. But uh, they, were, they were big because uh, – they had they had a surf kid was like six three six four and then Ben Davis Ben, ben Davis, Davis yes sir yeah and I remember I was down in Alice and they were playing the, one of the Valley teams and then you got six four six three coming off the bus you got six six coming off the bus and those little you know those little guys looking at Bernie like one of the coaches said are they a minor league team. <laughs> They were so big. And, yeah. Uh, but um, so the three major sports, as far as fan attendance, those three, it's, it's, you know, them winning it, I thought was a big deal. There were 8,000 people at that game that night, uh, the state finals. Well, I got to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut you off and go to number two because I've already been trumped once by this group um, when they got in the Hall of Fame before my cross-country team. And if you've listened to several of these interviews, Gary, I'm still very bitter about that. Uh, no, in all seriousness, exactly as I mentioned about football being the big ticket as far as attendance goes, I mean, being in the stands watching our baseball team do what they did, I mean, Brad Suttle stealing home, you know, against Cal Allen yep, and winning. Cal and, Allen, yep, at Wolf Stadium. I'm to, that. to me, that was almost as enjoyable as a fan, you know, and being a part of Bernie High School as it was running on a team that won several months before them and waited a year later to be inducted. <laughs> I know that sounded like a bitter backhanded compliment, but... <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was a great time going to those games and, and watching them uh, win that state title against Denton Ryan. I mean, it was just, you know, uh, Justin Rodriguez, no kidding, is a very close personal friend of mine. I worked summers with Kevin Rawls and Daryl Pankratz, who was on the bench of that team, uh, you know, and then, of course, Brandon Tyndall is one of my, my best friends as well, who's also on the bench of that team. And on and on, I could go for days. And, and then I just have a lot of respect for the rest of the guys that were on that group and what they accomplished because you knock off a, uh, I don't even know what, a perennial powerhouse like Cal Allen, and then you go in and, and you just, you do what you do. You know, it was just an incredible group with great role players to go around some real stars in, in Brad, Russell, uh, Ray, and, and so on, you know. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh I believe that that year they beat Cal Allen. That was the uh, and Austin Jones. Uh, that that was the game that Bernie High won it at Wolf. They went to they went to uh, Robstown the next day and had to try to win. They lost game two, and then so it goes through a third game. And Austin Jones was the pitcher, and and Austin was just uh, he was just a, he just threw junk. I mean, he threw like off speed all day. That's all he ever did. And he was a lefty. And so when you, yeah. you, you know, kind of like a Andy Pettit, there ain't no power coming from that left side, but you got good junk from the left side. I mean, you've got a great chance. And 
the first guy that I know of drafted out of Bernie, Corey Stewart from the 90s, uh, I know before you got there, uh, I believe he was drafted to either the Reds or the Pirates. He ended up playing for one or the other or something. Anyways, uh, he was a, a lefty guy as well. And being a lefty, you're at a very distinct advantage in, in high school baseball because it's just not all that common. Yeah, and, and you know, think about Austin, because Bernie had been so dominant, they hadn't really needed him in a third game in a series in the playoffs. So he hadn't really played a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and then you go, you come to the biggest game up to that point in Bernie's history, and you're you're giving the ball to a guy who hasn't pitched much at all, and you're saying, okay, go win this game against this wanted program who you've never beat, and <laughs> yeah. uh, go go get us to the state tournament. And right. I remember early in that game, it was because it was it ended up being doubleheader. They lost the first one, and they go to the second game, and it's starting to get you know it's about six o'clock, starting to get dark, and. Jordan Chambliss played uh, with Cal in that year. He ended up going in and He was a football baseball star. He was a two-sport star at A&M. And he ended up going there. And he's, he's at Cal Allen that year. And he smashed one out on Austin in that first inning that I, I think is still flying around Corpus area somewhere. <laughs> I mean, he, he really – it went out by the lights. I mean, he cleared the lights when he smashed it. And I thought, oh, man, they're in trouble. And whatever reason, Austin just settled in and he just kept throwing junk. And that really frustrated those guys. And they could not hit him. And uh, it's a great game and uh, got him to the state tournament. So uh, that was that was, uh, that was a great win for them. And like I said, that was the, the major sports. That was the, the first one Bernie's ever won. And uh, right. so that was, a, that was a great year for those guys. Yeah. And and if you say major sports, I mean, you really got to argue it's the only one. I mean, because, like if you're talking about the big three, you know, as far as, you know, uh, football, basketball, baseball, uh, because soccer, of course, has come along a lot in the United States, but it's still not – it's not what it will be. At the end of the day, and I tell friends that, that are in the soccer world this all the time, at the end of the day, you just wait. There will come a point, I think – in Texas, where you have many assistant coaches on the soccer sidelines, just like you do the football sidelines, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and I, and I agree because, uh, you know, you go to, like, state baseball, I think there was 8,000, like I said, at that, that Bernie game. I've been to state soccer tournaments several times, and there's 1,000 people there maybe at the most. Um, the only time I saw a really big crowd is there was a Houston school playing and they they had they brought a big crowd, but other than that, you know, you get five hundred to a thousand in state tournament. Yeah, uh, for soccer. So yeah, and then you know, if you want to throw softball, you can say that yeah, the equivalent. You know, that seventeen with with Coach Fox and all those girls that that won it, Sarah Corcoran, and that whole group that won it. Right. KK Sutherland. That was a that was a good win for them as well. Yeah, certainly. I I don't mean to. Obviously, I'd be taken away from a team I was on that won if I said that I'm. I'm not trying to discredit all the other ones. I'm just saying I totally get. When you look at what are the paid sports that are on TV, what are the ones that pack, you know, in the playoffs, uh, forty thousand people in a baseball stadium or fifty thousand, uh, you know, in a baseball, you know, a hundred thousand at Cowboys Stadium for a team that's not any good. Um, you know, where should I stop here, right? It's it's pretty evident as far as what the big three are in the United States, even still, um, with certain things that have happened. I mean, it is what it is. But well, I tell you what, down to the high school level. Yeah, absolutely. 
I've been as gracious as I can be to that baseball team. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. What is number two? Well, number two, um, I, I think, uh, you know, we kind of talked about some of them. Uh, Subtle, Molenhauer, just all the great athletes that have come through Bernie. That's been a lot of fun to cover these guys. You know, Josh Lomer is a seven-footer. That's sure. The Baylor, you know, Subtle and Molenhauer. Blake uh, Smith. Blake Smith. Yeah, Nick Smith. He's <laughs> playing with uh, San Antonio uh, team, the soccer team. It's you funny know, watching those guys. He he's had a great great career. You know, um, there's I know that the the Hatfield Clayton Hatfield. He kicked a champion. He played at Texas Tech, and I know he was trying to make it in the NFL and had some tryouts and stuff like that. But just watching kids like that over the years. I mean, there's kids going to Baylor. And, Auburn and Texas and A&M and just, you know, it's been a lot of fun watching all those athletes come through Bernie Ashley and seeing them back when they were in high school and then seeing other kids that maybe Bernie teams played against. You know, I think the Hooker girls at Southwest that played in the Olympics on the Olympic team. Right. I watched, I watched them play against Bernie High in volleyball one year and I remember watching them warm up and that, that Hooker, one of the Hooker girls, Marsha Vett, her, she was at her waist was at the net when she spiked it. I mean, it was ridiculous. I've never seen a, anybody jump that high. She was, I think, like state high jump champ. And, you know, and she jumped up and her. I mean, seriously, the the waist her waist would be at the net. You know, at the top of the net. I and mean, just watching her play was a lot of fun. And of course, you know that the one runner from Marble Falls. He ran in the Olympics. Uh, I, His last name, yeah, they called him the Manzano. Yes, sir, Lionel Manzano. Yes. Yeah. You he know, in the Olympics, I, I got to watch him run at the state, you know, state meet, and he killed everybody. He he destroyed the field when he was out there. So, I I got to go back real quickly uh, to the Hooker girls that you mentioned, because uh, and we talked about this a little bit before we got going with the podcast. But my my ex girlfriend from high school and college, Jesse Smith, who was a, a standout athlete there in Bernie. She had her nose broken by one of the hooker girls. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, for other reasons, they stand out. I remember what a big deal that was, you know. Uh, you know, you really start considering your options when your high school girlfriend has her nose broken. I mean, anyways. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, uh, right. Like Manzano, who gets a silver medal in the Olympics, I mean, there's just a lot of really incredible things happening around there at that time. I I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's been it's been fun covering, you know, Subtle signed with the Yankees and, and Molenhauer played professional baseball for a while and, uh, you know, Seth Johnston. I, I didn't get to cover him, but he but I did cover him when he was at Texas and he won some national championships uh, with the Longhorns. And then Logan Kenzine had a long career in the MLB as a reliever. You know, he was uh, Seth's teammate. I think they graduated like 01. Of course, Tori Talbert, the career she had at, at, at Texas State. Um, so, yeah, the list goes on and on watching these, these kids uh, go through Bernie. And, and some of them going on and play professionally. And just the fact you get to say, I remember them when, back when they were, you know, 15-year-old Pimpley High School kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's roll on to the last one here, huh? Well, we've kind of touched around it, and it's uh, a few times, and it's when Bernie became a two-high school town back when uh, Bernie Champion opened in 
sure what I thought of all, of all that because probably I was being selfish and thinking, darn, I just got more work to do now. Yeah, yeah, your work doubled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then if you count Geneva, you know, and then Comfort, we're still covering Comfort, so I went from covering two high schools to covering four high schools and, Oof. you know, about a one or two year period. Yeah, I didn't and even think so, about that. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, Bernie could still, if they wanted, it just been a one high school town still. It'd be a big, they'd be a 6A at this point. You know, they'd be, what were the grounds? Like a little bit over 1,000, and champions at 1,500, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, they'd be at about, a, you know, close to 2,500 to 3,000 students, which, you know, there's schools yeah. in SA that are that big. Well, they'd be like South Lake Carroll. You know, if you really break it down, I mean, it's just South Lake Carroll decided they were going to be a one high school town. And, yeah. I, you know, I look back at it and not not to cut off what, what you're putting into uh, what you're saying about how, how you feel this is number one. But there's no, uh, I guess there's not a whole lot of shock in me saying, as I've mentioned before on many of these interviews and stuff, I know I talked about it with Danny Threadgill and with Tommy Bluda and, and several others, that to me, that was when Bernie wasn't Bernie anymore, you know? And I... Changed. It, it changed. It yeah. changed big time. It, it totally changed. I mean... When you when you go to uh, you know the I think the tenth guy I interviewed was Bob Ledbetter who was the athletic director head football coach at South Lake Carroll when they set the national record for most consecutive wins. Point being, um, he left the football world just to be the athletic director to focus on them staying as one high, as a one high school town. And you go to South Lake Carroll now and you look at what they've built for their one high school. And while some people I feel like thought that you'd have more opportunities with two schools, I'm here to tell you that the fact that you're paying, I said this too also as a board member in the background, but you're paying two high school principals, you're paying uh, double assistant principals, double counselors, you're paying double custodial staffs, double cafeteria staffs, all this stuff. That's all money that doesn't go into the kids. It's fine if your kid doesn't play one of the big three sports. Bernie's won more in the non-big three sports, as we've clearly covered here, you know? Yeah. And, and all those opportunities, whether you won or not, I don't care if you play tennis for Joey Cantu. Uh, I don't think they've won a state title in tennis. That's why I bring him up. They've had nope. unreal years, you know? And we didn't, we didn't mention tennis in this podcast, but they've had unreal good years in that program. And anybody that played for him has, and played for Bernie Tennis has benefited from doing that. Anybody that has been involved in, uh, you know, I know Champion Golf was, I believe, second in state two years ago or a year and a half ago or something. Yeah, the, yeah, the boys, yeah, two years ago. And, I mean, I just throw that stuff out there to say that there, there are places for uh, – you know, for people and Bernie to win in everything. And I think it would have happened more with it being a one school town as South Lake Carroll continues to put up, I think, you know, more state titles, you know, they, they haven't stopped their role. And I feel like Bernie's role is kind of slowed down, but not to put, you know, water on the fire of what we've been doing here, but anyhow, <laughs> no, I, I, under, I understand what you're saying. And you know, the, the thing I'll say about this, about being a, a two high school town, uh, the thing that I noticed, and, and I was I was pretty much coming from where you're coming as far as, you know, well, just be one high school and, and, and be a big high school and dominate. Right. And, 
and um, you know they and whatever reason the Bernie community chose not to go down that route and so I didn't you know I didn't have a choice in it so I just had to do what cover whatever they decided <laughs> yeah but but my thing when I looked at it after a while kind of observed it is okay uh, it's definitely the face of Bernie has changed it's, it's different now but the thing I think the one positive that I see is that now kids have more opportunities because now there's two starting quarterbacks, there's two starting 11 guys on offense at one school, and then another starting 11. That, and so there was some of those kids that maybe wouldn't have played, that got the chance, that maybe now have blossomed a little bit. They've kind of flourished with that opportunity. Well, so that's, okay. that's good for them to take advantage of that. Let, let me throw this out there at you, though, because I, I totally see what you're saying, that you know you got two starting quarterbacks in the town, but if those two kids were at the same school, would the one that's starting that's better at whichever school would they work a lot harder knowing that other kid is right in their shadow trying to come up well, on them <laughs> and, and so when you look at you look at that era you know of of what we talked about with different kids that achieved being drafted to the professional levels or you know or kicking a uh, winning field goal in a big 12 championship game like hunter lawrence brad subtle Russell Moldenhauer, you know, you really start talking about the cream of cream of the crop that has come out of Bernie. And to me, there's no doubt that when it became one big high school, the cream was rising to the top at electric rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's where I feel like, yeah, okay, so. Uh, and this is not the because th- I know that there have been a lot of really good uh, quarterbacks. You know, a champion from uh, Paisky to. Uh, Oh, you'll have to remind me, uh, Curry Creek Baptist Church, I think it was his son. Um, uh, oh, yeah, John Free. John, yeah, John Free. I mean, I know there's been some really the good... Lawyers, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, been some, there's been some guys that have set big-time numbers and done some really great things and stuff. But you wonder, is that kid, instead of being just a standout high school athlete, do they become like a Hunter Lawrence or a Russell Moldenhauer or a Brad's, you know, all those guys that we talked about that it's like when you're at one high school, one big high school, and you're really having to compete for those spots, I mean, you can't help but have the cream rise to the top. Yeah, and I get that, and I get that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you think about like um, Luke, Luke Boyers and then Douglas Hodo both played center field. At, at uh, one played at Bernie High and the Hodos at, at Texas, and then uh, and he was at Bernie High, and then then you got Luke Borders, and he he's at TCU. Okay, so who would have been the starting center fielder? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, they were both center fielders, one at each school, <laughs> and they were both great players. So that's uh, you, you probably just have a stronger overall outfield, like you did in yeah. 03, uh, oh, 04, I'm sorry, you know, it was oh three oh four year as we were talking about, but. So, you know, that that was my thing is that the, the thing that I saw, and like I said, I, I, was, I was coming from where you are, where I thought, well, just be one high school and dominate, but they didn't. They chose to go a different route, and I think the thing that comes out of it that I see after the fact is that, okay, kids have gotten more opportunities now, and some have done well with that opportunity, you know, and so... Um, Instead of instead of being on the bench, they get to they get to play a little bit, and maybe they're not going to go on to college, but you know at least they had some good high school years. So the good news um, is for those that don't want to be in a town, you know, where you, 
and I don't mean to throw any shade at Bernie, but like if you feel this way, if you feel like kind of what I described there that, oh yeah, you have two different starting quarterbacks and, and they're a bit more maybe, uh, you know, some of your positions, I don't even mean to say quarterback, let's just say you got two of this and two of that. And you're not you're not seeing kids achieve that high level of what they once did in the, in that community. I would argue that. I mean, in the the examples, they they speak for themselves, right? But you can always move to one that does. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you U hauls yeah. are not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, so. and I just look at it. Well, yeah, I didn't make that choice, but that's what I the what I've been left with to cover. Right. You know, so. And that's what, you know, kind of what I've observed. Uh, but it would have been interesting if Bernie would have stayed in one, one high school town. You know, that would have been interesting and in how they would have done and, and all that. That would, have been, that would have been kind of fun. They would have been playing the Judsons and the Northside schools. And that would have been, would have been a good test for them. I, I will say one thing um, that, you know, one area where a lot of people probably don't realize that back in the Bernie day, I guess you could say that like maybe Dr. Kelly and I really, I think we really agreed on something uh, heavily. He initially wanted it to be a one high school town, but the, you know, the people in the community wanted very much for it to be two high schools for a lot of the reasons that, that you brought up and, and that we discussed. Yeah. And, and so it is what it is, and you go forward. And the the fact of the matter is, is still when you look at it, life in Bernie with two high schools, um, however it pans out, is still a lot better than life in a lot of places. So, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it or not, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You know, the thing is, you know, you talk about like a football game. If if Bernie plays, let's say Bernie High plays on a Thursday night, and Champion plays on a Friday night. There's probably going to be some that go to both games, but I think most of the community is going to pick one. You know, right. they're probably not going to go to both, and so it's it's a little different. It's a little different, but um, it's it's definitely uh, both both teams have done well. Uh, I took Bernie, like you said, a few years to kind of get their their footing after being shut down for a year and kind of restarting basically basically from scratch, and uh, so they had to come in and. and hit the ground running as fast as they could that first year after being everybody was a champion but you know I think I think they've done well and like I said I, that's not what I what I would have voted for but I didn't have a say in it so I just um, you know covering covering what what they decided and and so sure it's, it's been it, but it's definitely definitely has changed the community that's for sure well, one thing that I'll throw out there too is, you know, you look at uh, at Bernie football last year, for example, right? You got the champion boys, uh, champion football. They they're in the state semifinals, correct? Correct. And and then over on the Bernie High side, I, I'm not exactly sure where they finished, but I know they played 13 games. And so if you play 16, you're in the state championship, so 15, 14. So they, they were probably three rounds deep, would that be fair to say? They went, they went two rounds. They, they won their first round game uh, for the second year in a row, which was the first time that's ever happened mm -hmm. uh, since 04-05. Those 04 teams, that 04 football team with Hunter Lawrence and those guys, uh, that's the first time Bernie had won back-to-back -back playoff years, and then they lost in the second round, I believe. So – 
you know, when when you really look at that, and, and I mean, they were third team, you know, I believe third place team in district or whatever last year. And I mean, I just throw all this out there is, you know, they go according to Texas High School Football History dot com, which I use a lot in these interviews that I do is. Uh, they went eight and five, so they played thirteen football games, and I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. Champion went. Um, oof, their history is 13 so and two. thirteen and two. So they played fifteen, and so they went five rounds in the playoffs. So point being, when you look, they went twenty-one and seven as football programs, head coaches, head football coaches hired by a head basketball coach turned AD, right? Um, right. when you look at that, I mean, to me, you wonder with that 13 and two, is that a 14 and one or a 15 and oh, if it's one school, <laughs> but again, I don't mean to torture yeah. people from Bernie. I just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I used to think about stuff like that. And then, like I said, I was like, well, that's not, the reality is they did go to, you know, to school, two schools well, and the reality. And so on the other yeah, side I mean, of it. On the other side of it, too, I'll just add that they could have been an 11-1-6A team, right? Isn't that fair to say? Now, I will argue all day that when you look at 6A Division II, which is what they would have been in football, it's probably not likely they go 11-1. They're probably semifinals or better. Um, but with that being said, it's a possibility they go 11-1. So you don't, you really don't know, but it's all kind of interesting to kick around. <laughs> College baseball. What, what was that? You, you said uh, two D one outfielders. Where did they end up playing college? Ba uh, college baseball. Hodo's at Texas, and then Boyers is at TCU. Okay, gotcha. Well, I, I tell you what. You know, we've gone through ten of the biggest things that you've seen in Bernie ISD in your time there, covering the uh, you know the athletic program there for for the whole district. I mentioned I had some selfish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've, I've been thinking about that for a couple hours now. What what that is? I'm trying to think of what it is, and I can't well, figure it out. I got a wish list here, and one of them is really uh, when we talk about sports that don't have a lot of spectators, as far as in person, golf would be one of them. And I look at the 2000. I think it's the 2000 golf team. Uh, Matt Tui is the guy that's yeah, leading. Yeah. He's leading the charge with uh, several guys uh, that I know. One of them is a very close personal friend, Lance Burnside, one of the greatest athletes that ever came through Bernie. He's going to love hearing me say that. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was on this team with Austin Apicella and Matt Tui and a, and a couple others that were third in state in like 2000. And... You know, so of course I've got to take this opportunity as you're a member of the committee, and and I know hopefully <laughs> Coach Sultan Fuss, Coach Leach, and some others, uh, Mr. Uh, Bill Corcoran, my tw uh, 11 and 12 year old baseball coach um, <laughs> back in the day. Hello, Billy. Yes, sir. 
Um, hopefully some of them will be listening and they'll hear me bring up this golf team that got third in state. I'd also like to mention a team that I uh, am aware of from 1987 and 1988, and that is the girls cross country teams from 87 and 88. They were third in state in 87 and they were second in state in 88. They were actually closer to winning state in 87 and I have no clue who's on these teams. Um, but who was the coach? Was it Fulkerson? No, it was not Fulkerson. He didn't get there. Uh, he, he came to Bernie twice. I know. Um, he came for like a very short period of time, just taught math and then left and then came back. And then he, he, okay. when he returned, he did take over the cross country programs. I don't remember who the coach was, but I just throw this group out there because I think sometimes when you look at early UIL stuff, uh, it's very easy to overlook some groups, you know, but. Yeah, yeah, and, and I would say uh, what I would recommend is you submit because, submit those names because we consider all names submitted, and we have an open period. I mean, this year was a little different because of COVID, but yeah. we, we have in May where the public can nominate anybody. I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you is as somebody that, I joke often about like, oh, you know, the baseball team getting in before us, blah, blah, blah. But as I've obviously mentioned to me, it makes sense to me how that happened. You know, I mean, I was there as a fan in the stands watching and like very enthralled by everything that was going on. And it was incredible. Very few people. I don't want to discredit the people that did come because they painted their bodies and stuff uh, to our state championship cross country meet. But I just, you know, again, it, it's really not a big deal. Everybody will get in in their own time, uh, you know, and it, it'll all be what it's supposed to be. There's a lot of people in line to get in there. And, uh, you know, so I guess what I will do is I'll look into that and I'll just maybe submit those the proper way. And hopefully anybody that listens to this, here's what you just uh, suggested. And they'll suggest people that maybe you or I both haven't noticed. So Yeah, and we get all, we get all kinds of suggestions. You know, I, I know some of it, uh, we consider a team, um, and then we have to look at the logistics of getting everybody there from that team, as many people as possible. Well, and, and, and Kerry, I just want to say, that's the thing that disappointed me about being inducted with the 04 team, kind of as a package deal, just like our board up there on the scoreboard, is that nobody from the 04 team showed up except the two guys that were on the 03 team. 03, yeah. Yeah, it was it was all of us from the 03 team that were there. You know, David and Joel were on the 04 team as well, but the rest of the guys from the 04 team didn't even show up. And I was like... Yeah. You know, you guys pretty much, you know, ah, I don't want to say they rode the coattails of, you know, uh, of David and Joel, who we helped, you know, reach. I mean, Coach Fulkerson helped all of us. So for me, it's like, ultimately, it's like, it's awesome that he is getting the recognition he deserves, you know. But uh, again, I, you know, I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> sir, go ahead. Maybe the 0 2? 2 yeah. They made uh -huh. it from the state tournament. And um, they got in last year. Much deserved. And, yes, sir. And part of their deal is their coach was, 
one of their coaches, Damian Macias, was out of the country. Wow. Okay. And so we were trying to do it to where he could be there. And mm-hmm. it ended up, we did it last year, and he, he couldn't be there because he he's coaching in college, and he couldn't, they wouldn't let him go. But that ended up being one of the reasons why we postponed them instead of going sequentially, uh, just because there were some logistical issues with him being there. And we knew he was going to be out of town or out of the country for some of those early years where they got nominated. And we said, okay, but he won't be able to be there, so will this team, most of these guys we think can be here. And we, you know, we had to make a few phone calls. And so that plays into some of it. Sure. Um, that aspect of it. So, Kerry, as I was mentioning uh, off the record earlier, I said that we had a bulletin board there in Bernie High School. And it was right outside of Terry Galt's office. Um, you could walk right down the hallway towards the football coach's office um, from that same angle, I guess you could say. We had a bulletin board, and it had all the big major stories, and it had everything for the Bernie Star and the Hill Country Recorder. All that, of course, is now one. Um, and it had, uh, you know, all those stories. And we would, as athletes, we would sit there and we would look at those. And we, I mean, where the athlete's eyes are, you know, a lot of the time their eyes are just a little bit above that in terms of setting their goals. And I feel like the great coverage that you guys provided, in my opinion, again, has to do with a lot of the success that followed. Well, thank you. I I never thought of that aspect of it. I never thought of it as I, I just looked at it as if I was doing a job and covering what I was supposed to cover and going to games and events. And I never looked at it as if somehow that was any kind of motivation. And it's interesting to hear that all these years later. <clears throat> Maybe if I'd have known that back then, I would have tried harder or something. I don't know. Well, a lot of the time, you know, you, you just think that the, the coaches and the parents and stuff, they're the people that have the impact. But I would argue all day long that – you know, and you brought her up earlier, uh, Tori Talbert, you know, and I know there was a lot of good coverage prior to you getting there um, regarding her that that f- I feel like fueled a lot of what was happening with our girls' basketball, basketball program. And, you know, you just you, you go on and on and on. I mean, again, I think you look at that bulletin board, that's the first thing you look at when you walk in there at, in old Bernie High School and you're going to the locker room, whether you're on the cross-country team, the track team, the soccer team, the girls' basketball team, whatever, you know, you walk right by that bulletin board and you see the articles that are being put before the community. And you think about that. You do. You think about, you know, you're kind of held accountable in a sense because you're being covered so well. <laughs> well, that's it. like I said, that's interesting. I, I never I never thought of it from, from that perspective. And I know this. I don't know if this was before newspapers and education, uh, but now they have NIE, which, you know, we, we get sponsors and the, the, we send uh, papers into the schools now. And I know some of the teachers use them <clears throat> current events and history and all that sort of thing, especially when we do some historical stuff with, with the war, World War II veterans and all that kind of thing. And so um, that was probably before NIE, I guess, took place. But... Um, yeah, I, I never, I never even thought of it. But you know, I remember, I remember in, when you were in high school, and I, that was the old three, and I was covering uh, you guys, and I was at a basketball game, and it was over there at Edgewood Gym, and you came up to me and said, "I just want to thank you 
that's uh, for someone in high school to come up to me and say that. <clears throat> and uh, because, you know, I, I talk to the high school athletes after a game or a match or whatever. And, uh, honestly, you know, they're, they're in high school, and so they're, they're kind of awkward and gawky, you know. And, <laughs> you know, they don't know the best way to answer a question or things like that. And, um, and, and so there, there's, there's those few that are just, they don't talk like teenage kids. They, they talk like adults and they act like adults. And a lot of times they're, they're, the high school kids are just awkward. They, they just, they've never been interviewed, so they don't know what to say or how to say it. They're a little nervous and that sort of thing. And then there's those few that come up to you and talk to you and you think, yeah, they, and they'd be, they're, they're, they'd be a good quote. So I'm going to talk to them because they, they don't act like high school <laughs> kids. But when you came up to me, I was impressed. That that made an impression on me. That was uh, 17 years ago where you came up to me and said, thank you for the great coverage you've given us this year. So something like that I remembered. And, you know, it ties into what you're talking about, the coverage and being on the bulletin board and all that. So that's kind of neat, neat kind of stuff. It's really neat to me, I guess, you know, to hear you say, to to hear you remember that because – I often did try to let people know, you know, that I did. I, I noticed what they were doing and I appreciated what they were doing. And maybe that mentality is a lot of what I have against social media and, you know, cell phones and such in the 21st century is that everything's become very self-consumed. And I just look at it like it's really good to have somebody that is doing such a great job reporting things like that. And, you know, whether it be you or, or Russell Hawkins, who we mentioned earlier, taking all these pictures of these people that are doing great things because, you know, it just it documents history. It just does a lot of really great things. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the words for it at this moment. So it's cool hearing that. Well, you know, what was interesting uh, talking about that, you know, the thing I hear sometimes is, oh, scrapbooks, you know, they, they, I saved the art goals. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the Bernie High boys soccer coach, Michael Strong, uh, he's been there two or three years now with the Greyhounds. And he told me one day, he says, you know, because back then Bernie and Heights were in the same district, Bernie High and Alma Heights. Hmm. And he said, I have articles. We used to buy the Bernie Star to read the articles about the soccer. And I remember seeing your name in the paper on your byline. So here's the guy who's a coach now, you know, and who has scrapbooks. And I remember one time Blake Smith was getting interviewed on KSAT 12 and uh, about his soccer career. And they had him, his parents had a, uh, a you know, scrapbook. And there's cameras zooming in on the articles. And there's my articles in, his, in Blake Smith's family scrapbook. So <laughs> it was kind of weird seeing your name on TV <laughs> for an article you wrote, you know, 10 15 years ago. It's kind of interesting. I want to ask one thing because I think comfort has been as much as anything. And maybe we do a whole other episode where we talk about everything that is like the top 10, you know, things in comfort ISD. I don't know. I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you make that call. But my point is, is that, uh, I will ask you a question since I know you've covered comfort as equally well as you have Bernie you know, is there anything particular that stands out in Comfort's history that you would like to mention in this podcast? Or would you like to do something down the road where we talk all about, you know, Comfort ISD, you know, top 10 kind of a deal? 
mean, I've got a few things on comfort right now. You know, they. I, I think back to the, the the Paul Talbert era in football. Right. <laughs> uh, they had some boy. They had some great teams. Uh, and a matter of fact, this o, this team now that's six and zero. That's the first six and zero start since uh, 2002, which is of course which Talbert was there. And I remember comfort. The interesting thing about them in football. They've gotten to the state semis three different times with three different coaches. Uh, Coach Talbert got them there, um, and two other two other coaches got them there as well to the state semifinal game. And I think this year's team has a chance to get there, and they could be you know four different coaches getting them to the to the semifinals. But I think back on that one team, that O two team, and and that old three teams and those guys and who they had. They had one year, they had four D1s on that team, four Division One players. Uh, two ended up at TCU, Cody Moore and um, the Lindner, Maddie Lindner kids. They had another go to Air Force, Daniel John, and then they had another go uh, somewhere else. And so well, uh, four D1s on little 2A teams. And I'm still trying to figure out how they didn't win state. Because <laughs> man, that team was good. Well, and I know, I know that was a rough subject when he and I talked about it. And another individual I've interviewed with my podcast is Lynn Graves, <laughs> Coach Lynn Graves, uh, who coached the San Augustine Wolverines that beat Comfort 21 to 14 in the semifinal there in 2003, and then went on to win state over the Colt McCoy, Jim Ned, uh, you know. Yeah whatever their mascot is. But anyhow, um, I oh, guess... That game was in the Dome. Was that the Dome game, Alamo Dome? Uh, I believe that... Uh, are you talking about the Comfort San Augustine the game? Comfort, the Comfort loss, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I just know that the uh, San Augustine uh, Jim Ned game was at Royal Stadium off the top of my head. I do know that. Yeah, I, I think the semi was at the Alamo Dome. Well, and I've got uh, I've got comfort in the semifinals in '99, based off of Texas High School Football History dot com, folks. Um, '99, uh, 2003, 2005, and 09 is what I have. And five was Lee Wigginton, I believe, and nine was Chip Mayfield were the head coaches, and then Talbert was all that before. Okay, gotcha. So two of them under Talbert, and then Mayfield and Wigington, the other two. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, that o, that O three team, boy, that that team was so good. And I, I felt that team could have beat Bernie that year. <laughs> that <team laughs> well, Paul so Talbert with, with four D ones at a at a two A four D ones. I think Paul Talbert will love hearing you say that <laughs> when this is published. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I think the 03 Bernie team, which is my senior year, I think they were vastly underrated. We lost barely to Alamo Heights, barely to Fredericksburg, and we did get mutilated by Kerrville. But point being is only three teams got into the playoffs at that time, and we lost barely again to, I believe, Stanley Zwingy, uh, Fredericksburg. Zwingy went to uh, – Yeah, he went to K-State, I want to say – and the Alamo Heights team had Chase Clement, who went to either was he? Did he go to Rice? I believe he went to Rice. They had they had uh, Alamo Heights had three quarterbacks in three consecutive years that went D one. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they, they 
they were and they won state one of those years. And, and they yeah. had one kid that went to North Texas and played for Todd Dodge there in North Texas. And he's the one, he's the kid that won state when Heights won it in 05 or 06, whenever that was. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. That is 06 over Coppers Cove, 40-28. to 28. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when we talk about 03... That has always been, Kerry, unbelievably a very heated debate among my friends. I've got a lot of friends from Comfort. I roomed with a guy from Comfort uh, who graduated the same year as me from Bernie. And uh, I had a lot of friends from Comfort like Justin Newsom, uh, you know, Kirk Achira, who had also been at Bernie prior. And yeah, a, lot right, of those, yeah. a lot of those guys hung out at my apartment in college. And it would get heated in there sometimes when my Bernie friends would show up and they would talk about who would have won if they had played in 2003. That is still an unreal debate. <laughs> I think we probably reached a good point to conclude. And again, if you ever want to talk about, um, you know, any other group specifically, I know Bernie Geneva would probably love, you know, as a collective group to hear about their top 10 or top five events. You know, maybe they're only at a top five level at this point. They've got a short history. Uh, and and comfort folks likewise, you know. So if uh, if we ever want to go down that road again, you know, uh, I'm good to do it. And I can't say enough about what a great job you've done there at the Bernie Star for two decades now, um, covering kids from Bernie, Bernie Champion, Bernie Geneva, and comfort. Uh, all those kids are very blessed to have someone like yourself that has made all those kids feel like they're kind of a big deal. Well, thanks. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> that's how I, I felt. I, 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 mean, I just look at it like I'm doing my job. That's that's how I look at it. Well, this, I've been hired to cover these teams, and I'm going to do what I can and all that. You know, That's how I look at it. Yeah. That's how I felt, too, after the comments you made earlier. So I guess we're even. about it well good deal well this uh this concludes this episode of the tail lies podcast thanks again for listening and please remember if you could to go and rate us five stars on apple podcasts until next time Every light in the house is on Every